When you think of anarchism, what springs to mind? Molotov cocktails? Black bloc? The absence of law and order? Politicians from both parties have expressed fear over the rise of anarchism in the wake of Black Lives Matter protests, as well as Trump's targeting of Antifa. But while a lot of focus has been placed on the threat anarchists pose, little time has been devoted to what the idea of anarchism actually is, and the fact that many times it does not involve rioting. We are going to take a look at the theory behind anarchism on this opening episode of Left Theory, KPLY's podcast focusing on the theory behind left-wing politics. Welcome to Left Theory. I'm Owen Longstrath. Over the past month, I've read two books on anarchist theory, The Conquest of Red by Peter Krupotkin, which is one of the fundamental texts on anarchism, and On Anarchism by Noam Chomsky, which is about the history of anarchism, as well as about how the ideas play out on the ground in the U.S. My plan for this episode is to cover anarchism in three parts, background, theory, and praxis. Before we begin with anarchism, it is very important to talk about the system of capitalism and the leftist critiques of it. These ideas are shared by a lot of different kinds of leftists, and they are very important to understanding anarchism. Capitalism, at the end of the day, involves two kinds of people. The bourgeois, who own what is called the means of production, or the stuff that makes products. Then there are the proletariat, who apply their labor to the means of production to make stuff. So, for example, in a bakery, the ovens, mixing bowls, and all the tools of the trade are the means of production. The bakers then use their bodies, or labor, to turn the flour, eggs, and whatever else into baked goods that are sold. The bakers get paid a wage for their work, and the owner of the store sells the goods that the bakers make for profit. There are, of course, more complexities to the system, but this is the basic gist of it, so now we get into some of the problems of this arrangement. For a start, there's a little bit of an unpleasant power dynamic here. The bakers need to work in order to get paid a wage and put food on the table. So the owner does not really have to keep their best interests in mind because they know that the bakers will kind of have to work no matter what. Maybe they make the bakers work 12-hour shifts or refuse to give them proper safety gear. After all, if you have to choose between a dangerous, unfair job and starvation, you are probably going to choose the job. Many critics of capitalism like Krupotkin would say that this is not really a choice that you are freely making. The other problem is the compensation that the bakers get. The bakers produce goods like cakes, and those are sold for profit, but there really is no guarantee that the bakers get their fair share of money, and oftentimes the owner of the bakery will take the lion's share of the money and leave the baker with very little. This idea that you do not get fairly compensated for the work you do is called the labor theory of value, and it is the basis for arguments about why capitalism is exploitative and wrong. So capitalism is exploitative. What next? What are we going to do to replace this system? One approach is to have the state run the economy directly and give the workers a say in the government to prevent further exploitation. This is basically what happened in the Soviet Union, where a massive state bureaucracy ran the economy. In theory, this should help, as the workers now have a say in the running of their place of work. But in reality, the state will often replace, not abolish the bourgeois, and the workers will be exploited by the government instead, something Noam Chomsky calls the red bureaucracy. Instead, anarchists propose we cut out the state and run all enterprise without any management through a concept called free association. Everyone organizes locally and contributes to their community without centralization. Kropotkin argued that this would help people in two ways. Benefit one, people would not have to work as much. Kropotkin argues that society already produces enough and that the problem is not scarcity, but inequality. In his view, we could actually cut back a bit on production 
so that people would only have to work five hours a day. Benefit two, people now with more free time will be able to work on other projects on top of their five hours of work. People can innovate to improve their labor or create works of art. The choice is up to them, but the key idea is that the time to create and innovate is extended to everyone, when under a capitalist system, this ability to create is often a luxury. Praxis. I should start off this chapter with explaining what praxis is. Praxis is a concept of putting theory into practice, and this is the focus of On Anarchism by Noam Chomsky, which is a series of essays and interview transcripts. Chomsky does not get into supporting revolutionary change, but he does challenge the status quo, both under American capitalism and the other forms of socialism that existed during the Cold War. Chomsky focuses a lot on the Spanish Civil War, as it is an important lesson for anarchists. The Spanish Civil War was a conflict between the nationalists, a coalition of monarchists, conservatives, and fascists, who would eventually win the war with the help of Nazi Germany and fascist Italy, against the Republicans, a collection of communists and anarchists that had limited support from the Soviet Union. As Chomsky explains, the communists wanted more support from the Soviets and potentially even aid from the British. So the communists developed a plan to spend a lot of time and energy in an attempt to derail the decentralized goals of the anarchists. It eventually got to the point where the troops fighting the anarchists were better equipped than the ones fighting the nationalists. Chomsky points to this as an example of how the decentralized nature of anarchism is often at odds with essentially the entire rest of the political spectrum, and even at times, other leftists. Chomsky focuses a lot on challenging hierarchies, as much of his work is devoted to criticizing the U.S., and in particular, the many interventions the U.S. has made around the world during the Cold War. On anarchism does not really touch on this much, but I feel like I should mention this, as this is what Chomsky is best known for, and it is an excellent example of how the ideas of anarchism are put into practice. That wraps up this episode of Left Theory. Today, we covered basic criticisms of capitalism, as well as some of the theories and practical examples of anarchist thought. This podcast is intended to be a brief overview of anarchism, so if you want to learn more, I encourage you to read the many, many books out there about this topic. The next episode of Left Theory will come out in the fourth quarter of this year, probably in late November. Until then, you can check out other podcasts on KPLY. Thank you for listening, and until next time, goodbye.